everybody, Bob WP, and we are back with Do The Woo. You missed us last week. I know you all been sitting on the edge of your seats and episode 128. I have my good friend and co-host Jonathan joining me. Jonathan, how are you doing? Bob, I'm well. I'm, I'm vaccinated. I'm, I'm feeling healthy and strong. I'm ready for whatever life brings next. Cool. Yeah, I'm vaccinated. And then I had an interesting week last week, which I'm not going to go into details, but just say I'm crawling out of it like a a frog out of a pond or something. I don't know if that's a good analogy. Anyway, we have a great show. We have a celebrity here because I believe our guest has spoken at more things than you can possibly imagine over the last couple months. I, I had to, you know, basically taunt her with a lot of delivered packages and, and um, swag and all sorts of stuff just to get her to come on the show. No, really, she was very gracious and she was waiting to be on it. So <laughs> we have Anne McCarthy. Hi, Anne. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm super excited to be here. Um, thank you so much for having me and for flattering me. <laughs> it always feels like an honor to be on this. So Cool. Well, uh, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, and is um, kind of you know, dabbles in WordPress a little bit. And I think we'll start out with just having her tell us a little bit about what she does at Automatic. And then, yeah, we're going to just dive into um, all the good stuff that's happening. Let's do it. So for context, um, my title is a developer relations wrangler, which is just a fancy way of saying I try to help build positive relationships with um, folks in the WordPress community, um, specifically developers. And right now I'm mainly focused on the full siting outreach program. So if you've seen my name pop up there, I'm making a lot of noise, <laughs> um, digging in real deep there. So, um, but generally speaking too, at, at a high level, it's a lot of it's just Gutenberg adoption and helping the community prepare for what's to come in future releases and helping to get into a proactive space, which I think is, I love proactiveness. So it's a really fun role to kind of dig into mm. um, and help both build excitement um, and help address concerns um, as they come up. So. I'm super curious about what you've been learning from that experience. If I'm if I'm recalling right, yeah. the outreach program, it's been has it been about a year? So the outreach program started technically, we kicked it off in May. May 1st was when Josepha first posted about it, but it didn't actually get started until December. Um, so I'm actually working on a post that's talking about, hey, we have one year of this. Um, outreach program, what have I learned? And I'm actually yep. going to share that on my personal site, um, oh, hopefully nice. by the end of this week, because I want to kind of, it's a new, it was experiment, right? We totally knew for the WordPress community to try something like this. Um, and I think there's a lot that can be learned if, if future programs are done. And so I, I'm a big believer in documenting as I go while I'm in that headspace. Um, and the one year mark felt like a perfect time to kind of sit back and, and really think about it. And one of the lessons actually is, hey, we shouldn't launch an outreach program and then wait six months <laughs> until actually kicking it off. Because <laughs> there was a precarious time where for me, it was like, well, we've gathered all these amazing people who are excited, but we weren't yet ready for people to put their hands on stuff. Ah, and now yeah. full sighting, you can really, you know, put your hands on things and actually try it out for yourself. Where for a while we were sitting and waiting for better or for worse, right? Now for those in WooCommerce who, I, I think most folks at this point have probably heard of, of full site editing, at least, but what, can you just give a little bit of context if someone hasn't, if doesn't, if someone hasn't heard of it, or if they they haven't caught up at all, like what's this? What's happening? Like what's what is this full site editing thing? Yeah, so at the highest level, it's basically allowing you to use the familiar block paradigm across all areas of your site. Yep. That's like the simplest way to put it. Um, but I do actually want to turn this back on YouTube and and say, what do you know about full setting? So beyond just the super high level vision, um, are there any specific features or just you know things that it unlocks that you've heard about? Because yep. um, I think a lot of this is where 
I'll spoil it a little bit, but people talk about full sighting like it's a monolith, like it's like ah. it's on or off, and it's not. Nope. <laughs> it's actually very much like inter- you know, interrelated projects and features. Um, so it's interesting to hear what what stands out. I'll give my initial my initial reactions, my thoughts about it, uh, or like my understanding, right? Like as I as it first came on the radar, I saw it initially as an answer to like the disjointedness and and kind of the downsides of all of the builders that we see in the space where it's like from an end user's perspective, it was like more and more is becoming like, which, which of these different builders are you using? And they don't work well with each other. And I saw that from a user perspective as, all right, this, this is holding us back. And like, it's nice to have choice in these different things, but they don't really work well together. And there needs to be something that brings it together. So for me, full site editing was, I, I saw it as I've understood it as this direction towards offering a way of doing this. That's like the WordPress way that can be built on top of and within the context of, and, and it is the promise. It's the, I guess it's the promise of blocks more fully realized is, is how I've understood it. I played with it briefly a couple of months back and as I, as I, like my, I was like, oh, let me see if I can just do a full site in this. Like if I can build something, I forget. I used uh, the theme. Um, TT1 block. Yes. Theme? I used that yeah. one. Yep. And I, a couple of things stood out to me. I was immediately, oh, wow, there's a lot here in terms of like what could be customized. And, and I'm like, and I don't think I'm ready to build on this just yet. Uh, Cause there's a few things like, wow, this is a lot of control here. But in terms of a user experience, mm-hmm. like this, I, I felt kind of dropped into it. So and TT1 is built actually intentionally for that. Like that's actually something um, Justin Tadlock with WP Tavern said in the latest um, post about the FSC outreach program. Um, it's like, man, there's just these things that I feel like it keeps relying on core functionality rather than offering its own. Yep. Um, and that's intentional. The people who are, who are working on TT1 are purposely trying to find the gaps in core as they're building out theme functionality so that then it can be done in core. That makes sense. So yeah. it's a way to uncover it, but it is like TT1 is like a more frustrating because of that. There's a more frustrating like friction going on yep. where other block themes, experimental block themes that have been worked on do offer more integrated stuff where they're actually adding their own like bells and whistles, so to speak, to make it easier to use. From a big picture perspective, I think what I'd add to that is like, I see it as the future. And I'm really interested in unpacking more of your your thoughts on like that that idea of the monolith contrast because I'd say that's I hadn't thought of it consciously, but that's fair. Like I could have I could have slotted into that thinking, uh, but my my thinking about it is like it's it's offering this this foundation that can be built upon. It's like hey, this is this is how we're going to do the blocks going forward. This is the the foundation, and then my expectation from an ecosystem perspective is that it becomes what builders can then build on top of. Where it's like we're gonna we're gonna create value, we're gonna differentiate, but we're gonna share this infrastructure piece. Yes, yeah. So that which is good for the ecosystem as a whole, you can move from one to the other. There's this shared concept. So like I see it as the future. Yes, and you're not locked in because I think that that's a huge part is that people have gotten locked in. Like even yep. family and friends of mine have gotten locked into one, and they have to redo everything. Yep. So what you're talking about is that shared foundation. I think is a really key point. Someone did recently say to me because site builders come up a ton 
when it comes to talking about pool setting. That is like, I could feel like I could write like a thesis on that uh, at this point, but that's one of the big things that does come up and it's some of what's being built. A lot of what's being built is built. So site builders could build on top of yep. um, if they choose to. And someone made a really good point. Um, I can't remember who right now because my brain and the pandemic, <laughs> but uh, it was basically saying like, if you were a new page builder or site builder, this would be a great time yes. to start building on top of. But if you're a previous one, there is a level of needing to recreate what you've been doing totally, and like level up. So like there is this interesting dichotomy of like yes <laughs> but i could also see where you could have some differentiation where some people just go completely off and don't try to build with it but again as we you know saw a couple years ago with gutenberg in general when it was released like early adopters have benefited from from early adoption so i think this is another moment of, of being early adopters we're preparing for the future and i do think you're right i loved how you said it. it's like realizing the power of blocks yeah. Um, especially yeah. when you then add in patterns and then not only just the pattern directory, but also like integrated patterns so that when you're adding like a really powerful block, you have patterns integrated into the experience of setting up that block. So all of a sudden like content creation and actually making what you want becomes way easier and themes can provide that and they can provide certain styling that works really well with that theme. Like there's a lot of really cool stuff coming. Um, I, as someone who authors like in WordPress on a regular basis, I still feel the edges. I try on purpose to play with like different builders on a regular basis, like doing this and doing this one. And I, I still feel the edges yet at this point, I, I can't imagine going back, right? Like the, the block paradigm, like yeah. the, the way things are working just in general, it's like, I have a lot of times where it's, it, I, it fades away in favor of just creating. And mm -hmm. that to me, like that's, that's the, that's the idea. And then ultimately full site editing is taking that to the next step, like letting someone work on a site and eventually, and I think the builder ecosystem is a big part of this, eventually getting to a point where we're, uh, WordPress to me has always been about empowering creativity and if we can like just removing more obstacles to that, right? If someone's got a vision, I want to do this with a site. I think about my kids doing stuff in WordPress and it's like, how can we abstract it away enough to where like, oh, I get this idea of a block and where mm -hmm. do I want to put things? And like, how do I want to assemble? There's this like Lego-esqueness to it. And, and I, I think the cool thing about a lot of what's coming with full siding is it's not only doing that for users in theory, this should actually help with ex extenders. It's giving them extenders a platform to also have that creativity. Yes. Um, especially with block patterns, especially with theme JSON, like it should make that creation process so much easier. And then like creating a custom block, um, you could add a block plug into the block directory and have any installation, you know, install your block plug. And like, there's a lot of things where, um, you know, rather than creating for multiple different interfaces, you can create a block or a pattern and have it be used across all areas of your site, which as a developer or a designer, I think is a really, <laughs> I think it's an incredible <laughs> um, kind of opportunity there um, for sure. Yeah. And I, you mentioned the monolith thing, yes. and I, I will say, like, I think one of the reasons why I have been harping on that um, anytime I talk about full setting is because, I mean, what we learned from 5.0, and when I say we, I mean the WordPress community, and part of Josefa's vision for this outreach program was to learn from the mistakes of 5.0. Um, and that created, I like, I use the term cultural debt mm. as like a playoff of, of technical debt. And I think it created a lot of cultural debt in the community, you know? Yep, I feel that. And so... When it comes to full siting, I've heard a lot of those same fears coming up of like, I'm not going to upgrade my site because it's going to take it over. Mm. I'm not ready for this. I don't want to use this. Like there, and I, it's funny because um, you're like, I still feel the edges, and I'm like, all I do every day is play with the edges. I'm just constantly 
with the outreach program, with the different Slack channels I'm in communities I'm a part of, with the pings I get, like all of its edges. So mm-hmm. it's kind of funny because I, I feel like I have to climb up and then see the big picture and go like, oh, we're making progress. <laughs> so like, if you want to talk edges, like I can, we could, we could flip a whole episode on that. Um, but I do think it's one of those things that is important to, to touch on is it's purposely being rolled out in a way that like right now at 5.8, a lot of it's infrastructure work. Yeah. Um, most users are not going to interact with block themes. It's not going to take over your site. Um, you'd have to like hyper opt in. You'd have to use a block theme and use the Gutenberg plugin with 5.8 in order to yep. get this experience, you know? So I think the fear of like, I don't want to upgrade or it's coming too quickly um, is actually like been part of the strategy is to to not do that, is to offer tools where it's it's easier to jump in, it's easier to join. But also if you're not ready, you can have staggered approaches where you can have a classic theme, but you're able to create like a block template on top of it um, and like using the infrastructure. And it's a huge opportunity for extenders to, because like the capability will be there mm-hmm. and, but the application of it, like, you know, they, there's, there's so much opportunity to build compelling applications where it's like, okay, if they're running 5.8 and they have like, the, like they, the capabilities there, now let's create a really compelling experience where someone's like, oh yeah, I want to use that. That looks awesome. And yeah. that's that opt-in idea where it's not, you know, like they can choose it. And the ideal is that over time, that just becomes more and more compelling where people are like, like the major themes begin to support it. New ones come around where people are like, yeah, this is just better. I want more of this. I also think this is a cool, I'm so glad you brought this up because one, one another thing I really want to underline is that um, with 5.8, once it's launched and people can actually play with the infrastructure that's been done, yeah. I think there needs to be like, this understanding of we want to hear from extenders. <laughs> what do you need? What pathway do you want? What feature is missing? Like what's really frustrating about the experience? Um, because there, there are going to be iterations of this. It's not like this is just being shipped and it's like good luck. It's like, no, what are the no, gaps? Yeah. Um, like I said earlier with TT1, the whole time, the whole reason TT1 is being done is to find those gaps. But that's one theme and that's one group of people working on one theme. What does it look like when 30 people are doing that? What about 100? What gaps, what patterns can we find? Um, and I think it's really important to, um, you know, if people are listening to this and you're an extender and you start using it and you run into a problem, reach out. <laughs> I'm right. at Anzazu on WordPress Rx Slack. Hit me up, like drop into the core editor meeting. Um, there's a block themes meeting uh, bi-monthly. Join those. You know, like I think that's where um, I think sometimes people think like, oh, WordPress shipped this. Now I have to adapt. But they're also this is the right time where you can shape what the adaption looks like in the future. Truly, this is the time where if you want to get involved, if you want to shape what the future looks like, now is the time to join. Um, and this, I would say, between now and 5.9 is the time where you'd have the most impact. Um, yep. And we really do want to hear from people. So so I'm really curious to get into the program more. But first, I want to put Bob on the spot and uh, and ask him, like, here is his answer to the same. Like, Bob, what's your, like, when you think of full site editing, I know that you know a bit more than most, but like, how do you think about it? Actually, I probably don't know a lot more than others in around the full site editor because I'm taking the approach I took with Gutenberg with the yeah. full site editor. Uh, you know, as far as my impression of it, my first, you know, when I think of full site editor, it's like I thought of it when I first started reading about it. It's that major next step from Gutenberg and blocks. But it's not taking WordPress into the direction of a page builder. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm excited about it. I I think that, like I said, with Gutenberg, I didn't, you know, touch it. I actually didn't play around with the beta. I think I did it months, maybe as early as a year before, if that's possible. I can't remember the actual timeline of that. But 
Yeah, I didn't even try it much. I just watched what people were doing on videos. I listened to what they were saying. I read posts on it, kept up on it that way and knew that, you know, when it, the time comes, I'm going to just dive into it. I was telling Matt Mullenweg, hey, once it came out and I put it in, sure, it was a little bit challenging trying to figure out things, but then workflows became better and I really grew to love it. So I think that's how I'll approach a full site editor. I'm not like um, some people, I'm probably like more like the regular user, I don't mess around with betas much anymore. Yeah. And I'm, I look at the full site editor as an improvement to WordPress as a tool and I will dive into it once yeah. it's released and I'm sure I'm going to benefit from it in my content workflow. And again, you know, it's, I know how little of it really affects the user right now as much as per se, the builders and stuff. But um, yeah, it's 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 going to happen. And when it happens, I'm ready for it. Yes. It's interesting, Bob, with, with most users, I think there's going to be a hesitance to, like most users aren't inclined towards beta or, or like to, to like the cutting edge. Like even for me, in playing with things, it's like I'll jump in and play with something, but it's it's a it's a risk reward trade off, right? Because it's like you want to get something done. That to me makes the way that you guys are approaching this, the five point eight, like the way that like we're looking at this as a whole, it seems like the extenders are actually the key, uh, because for most end users, they're not going to really be affected much, as I'm understanding it, right? Like there's a little bit more that you could do, a little bit more, but it's it's really an opportunity for extenders to create applications that give users a reason to, to get excited. For 5.8, that's true. Like, I think this is what's going to be really interesting is I think people are seeing right now, like 5.8 is like, oh, this big FSE release. And I'm like, to me, I'm actually more nervous. Isn't the right word, but like, I'm very curious about 5.9 because that's where more of the user facing stuff and ideally should come. I mean, we'll see, it could be 6.0, 6.1. Um, but it is really interesting because like 5.8 is basically giving a lot of foundational stuff. It's unlocking a little bit of, a little bit of things like duotone and template editing, depending upon if you opt in or out. Um, and what the opt in and out strategy is going to yeah. be that is still like TBD. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting to hear you all talk about, especially the page builder stuff. Like that was actually, I'm taking notes on the side. Cause it's like, one of the things I've heard a lot is like, Oh, FSC will replace my needed page builders. And like, while there is a certain level of FSC is trying to make it so that you're not locked into a page builders and page builders can build on top of, um, there also is this level of, Hey, we're still building for 42% of the internet right now. It's not going to replicate your favorite page builder. It just can't. There's as always with, with WordPress plugins are going to play a role. There's going to be a need for a more nuanced perspective, whether that's opening up more tools for full siting or shutting down yep. more things. Yep. Um, and that's, that's always going to be the case. So I think, I think I've heard some feedback as well, where it's like, oh yeah, I can't wait to get rid of my page builder. I'm like, it might not be called a page builder in the future, but you probably will want to use a plugin in some way to have a more nuanced experience for whatever your needs are. Um, so I like to mention that too, because I think some people are doing this false comparison where they're like, oh yeah, I'll try out full siding, but man, whenever I went through one of your calls for testing, um, it doesn't do X, Y, and Z, which I love from my page builder. And it's like, well, it's on purpose. <laughs> I like the position of it being a foundation. And that, that to me is the key within the ecosystem. It's like WordPress at a core level should do things that make the product better and the ecosystem better. Yes. And ultimately the opportunity for extenders is to then build on top of that. And what we want to see, because all like the, the the ability to move from one to the other is is good for everyone. 
Yes. Right. Like there's, there can be a little bit of like, oh, well, that, that means there's a risk there. Well, from, from my perspective, looking at the ecosystem as a whole, I would rather see things that are winning based on merit versus, so it's like, if you can move more readily from one to the other, then there's more incentive and more reward for those who are like innovating and doing like really creative things on top of it. And, and yes, you do have to keep moving, but um, yeah. So, so to me right now, and I'm also really curious, like whether 5.9 or 6.0, whatever, whenever that happens, I think the opportunity is for extenders to both give their feedback and helping shape it and to create compelling applications where you're getting like, oh, wow, we could, we could sell like some of the block stuff that we've already seen. Like there's re- some really interesting stuff that happens with blocks. And this is now just thinking, okay, now we can move outside the constraint, the constraint of like the single piece of content. And what does it look like to, for the whole site? to yes to have that same flexibility and it's so cool because it's just it's reusing so there's a combination right it's reusing the familiar interactions with blocks of bob like you're talking about when you met with matt and said like once i adapted it was like oh wow huge workflow changes right and that will that same knowledge that you've learned will apply whenever you explore full sighting you will that foundational knowledge will be so useful and i've often said to people like you can choose to teach a client how to use the latest page builder or you can teach them how to use like basic block building type or not block building, but like interacting with blocks, that framework. Um, Cause you're going to have to teach them either way, but you might as well do the sure thing that like, I don't know, 42% of the web is working. <laughs> it's like, there's a certain level of like, it's probably better to, to go with the sure thing. Um, while there is reusing the familiar interactions, there's also some new yeah. interactions that are going to be very, and like, that's one of the things the outreach program has found is, is there are new ideas, like actually being able to directly edit templates. Yeah. Um, is a huge paradigm shift or to be able to, you know, add a site title block. And if you start editing that site title block, it'll update it everywhere right now. (laughs) That's a confusing thing. That is a hard thing to understand that you're basically editing this like site wide variable um, where it's not just on the page because we're so used, our brains with WordPress are so used to like what you edit here stays. Yes, stays here. And this is going to shift that. And like one of the things that's big piece of feedback with the outreach program is around that dynamic of how do you add necessary yep. friction um, in a way that actually is intuitive and makes sense and helps users make the decisions that they want to make um, when they're interacting with these things. And it's a very complex problem and it impacts many different aspects of, you know, full sighting features um, in a pretty interesting way. And I'm, I'm very, there's a lot of really cool designs being worked on for that. Because ultimately it comes back to confidence, right? Like you, you need to give the end user confidence as they're making changes that it, that what they think is happening is what's happening. I saw that being a, a thread through the conversations about styles and like, it's, it's got to look the same. Like mm-hmm. it, if, if there's anything that's off about it, then you start to chip away at confidence. That confidence has to be yes. there with, with the page builders. Like I like there, there's a fair amount of criticism that gets thrown about like, for, like, com- like comparing one to the next or whatever. And when I look at it, it's like I, I saw I have been really happy with the growth of the ecosystem. I see some of those pains, especially with, with the uh, incompatibility between them. But ultimately, they were working to solve problems. Right. And the way that I think about full site editing is like this kind of this life cycle, like WordPress empowered a bunch of creativity and then set this foundation that could be built on. And then these ecosystems were built around it. Page builders like began to focus, they would focus on their markets and you see people get very loyal. They go like really deep into those ecosystems and there is going to be a shift. What people are used to, what they're expecting, the way that it's going to work is, is going to change and there'll be pain associated with that shift. Mm-hmm. 
And ultimately, though, like the opportunities for this sort of resetting of the foundation for the base that we're building on to get better for that interoperability to be there where you can move from one to the next. And I don't know, I'm I'm excited about it. I it's you, I think you do have to look. I like how you reference your big picture thinking. Like you do have to look further ahead. I think in some of these moments, especially when you're seeing all the edges that you're seeing, where it's like, hey, let's remember what we're doing this for. And within the context of the mission to democratize like publishing, to make it more accessible, to empower more creativity, uh, this, this to me seems like the clearest path to getting us there. Yeah. And I think your point about how basically like different like ecosystems built up as each phase of WordPress has come out, I do think we're about to enter a next phase of that. And I think there's actually, I've heard people say like, oh, we're not going to need themes anymore. And it's like, whoa, no, actually block themes are a huge part of what we need. And not only that, like, it's not only just themes now, now we're talking about block plugins. Now we're talking about block patterns. Now we're talking about like cool templates you could down. Like there's so many things that you can do and reuse. And in theory, it should lead to this like blossoming creativity because rather than having to learn everything, you can like, you know, with a block pattern, (laughs) with the block pattern directory, it's really neat. You could just be a designer who really loves to, to create and you could just download, it's just all blocks, it's just all HTML, download it and add it to the block pattern directory. So I actually think we're going to see even new players enter that were before they were such a barrier to entry. Um, while at the same time, there's also a barrier of entry for people who've been in WordPress for a long time and are adapting to this still. So there is this kind of interesting like influx of probably new, new, new people, new creators into the space and a lot of new opportunities across the spectrum of block themes, block patterns, block plugins, like all that sort of stuff being integrated in yep. while at the same time kind of helping people adapt. And so you have, you'll have like things called hybrid themes or like universal themes. I don't know if you've heard these terms, but yeah, um, yeah I imagine we'll see a lot of that kind of work being done, which is, which is pretty cool. Hey, Bob WP here. And I'd like to take a moment to thank two of our pod friends for their support of do the boo. If you have a client who's looking for a point of sale solution, consider suggesting foo sales. In fact, FooSales is the first native WooCommerce point of sale to support in-person payments using Square Reader. Now you can use FooSales with the Square Terminal for your client projects, but the icing on the cake is that it not only works with FooSales iPad and Android apps, but the Foo web app. So you really need to check this out if your clients have been Asking for a point of sale solution or a new point of sale solution? Find them at foosales.com. You do what you're good at, and when building your clients' WooCommerce shops, often it's a perfect opportunity to partner up with someone that fills in those gaps to make your client 100% happy. Mindsize has helped individual stores handle hundreds of millions of dollars worth of orders. They know their stuff. Their site performance audit with ongoing monitoring and iterative performance improvements are key to help you optimize your next client project. So with MindSize, they're a great partner to consider, to hook up with, and make sure your clients are 100% satisfied with the performance of their sites. Visit MindSize.com to learn more. And now let's head back to the show. It's interesting what you're talking about with the extenders and the users. And what it makes me think of is it almost seems like from experiences with Gutenberg, all these extenders can flip that experience 
and now say, instead of, you know, full site editors coming, I'm stressing out, instead somehow convey to the user, because me as a user, when I look at Gutenberg, I don't look at, oh, these are nice little things that's doing happening now. I'm thinking, wow, I can imagine what's going to be built on top of this now with the full site editor, yeah. just what you said. So if somehow those extenders can convey that to their users in a way, in a positive way, where it's like this, I want to say this is only the beginning, mm-hmm. but in a sense it is, it's, it's getting them in the mindset that, okay, this is a step. You see what's happening right here, but you do realize what that's going to bring down the road months, years, whatever, because it does build on all of those things that WordPress is doing. And I, I'd love to see those extension people that are doing extensions and themes saying, hey, you know, this is this is exciting because you you don't know yeah. what my our product could do. And now you're really going to see something. You're going to see some new innovations there that are going to blow your mind. So it's it's a almost different perception trying to get into the user's brain and get them thinking Mm -hmm. that way versus just I'm scared to update type of thing. Right. And hopefully extenders can tap into what's being built so that it is an integrated experience rather than a jarring one. Because I think in the past, I don't know if y'all have used different plugins where it's like, whoa, this is a whole other interface that I'm having to also use to get what the functionality I want. Or instead with some of the stuff that's being done, especially with like integrated patterns when you're adding a block, like I think it'd be really cool or the block patterns in the inserter, like it'll all be integrated where you're not having to go yeah. to this specific page and use and find this, whatever, you know, like whatever it is, like set up the plugin settings. Like ideally it'll be much smoother where, you know, a plugin author will find it to be a much easier time and actually create better engagement with their user base um, and, and better value because they won't have to be toggling between a bunch of different pages um, and interfaces, basically. I want to touch on block patterns for a moment. I think one of the mm-hmm. things that I've seen builders do like the like these page builders do really well is ultimately for a lot of folks they care about the end result right like they like I want yeah. I want that like they'll see a site and they'll see a demo or something like I want that I want to be able to take that and like customize it for what I'm wanting and the themes that I've seen do this well are those who like get you as fast as possible to that Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about my experience with block patterns and the potential there. I, I'm volunteering for this event where I raised my hand and said, I'll, I'll help make a flyer for it, mm-hmm. which I was like, what am I doing? Um, <laughs> but what I did is I went out to find some templates and I found a design that was, okay, I like how this is laid out. I looked at over a hundred of them and like, this is what I want. Our event kind of fits within this. And like, these are the details. It was a good design, good typography, good layout. And, uh, the, the challenge though, and I, I made that selection, I had to, I loaded it up in InDesign, Adobe InDesign, and I'm not very familiar with InDesign mm-hmm. and it immediately became like, what in the world? Like how did, <laughs> like clicking this, like stretching, like it's vector, like it was very, mm-hmm. and, and when I see the potential of block patterns, it's a similar type of thing where it's like, oh, I like that, that, mm-hmm. that, that combination of things, that's what I want. And then when you pull that in, it's going to be a familiar thing. Yes. Right. Like you, you have a sense of how it works and that's going to keep getting better. But to me, like there's so much potential in that. And for extenders to be able to show someone here, here's what it could be. Like you're like, whether it's vertically focused for particular markets or focused on particular functionality, it's like, here's what it could be. And then like your event, like you were, you were saying with the, uh, the inserter and these like shared pa- shared ways of doing things. It's like, you know how it works, right? Like, okay, I want that pattern. Boom. It's in. 
Yeah. And now I, I think it's powerful. And well, it's it's so funny you bring that because I was just talking with some designers who hmm. Sean um, Andrews, who's been working on building out like the pattern site where you could like actually add patterns. We were talking about, um, you know, what does placeholder content look like when you add a pattern? So let's say I add a pattern and within that pattern, there is a button with a link. Yeah. And the user needs to add that link. What does the placeholder content look like? What is the dynamic like? Because right now it's very easy to add, like I call them like phantom links. Like yep. you basically like publish a page and you're like, yeah, I added a pattern. And there's a link there. And it's like, oh, I never, there was no indication that I need to change that link yeah. to something that I wanted. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it, it is this interesting thing where like, I think a good example of that on the flip side is like you could add a pattern and let's say there's an image that you should be using. It's very easy to, to say like, this is a placeholder image, like replace it here or whatever. You know, like you could have like a flow for that. Yep. But it gets tricky when you get into more complex patterns and you have columns, you have a group block, like there's, there's all sorts of um, interesting dynamics there. And that's something that ideally, in my opinion, that is something for core to solve and to create a really intuitive experience so that those creating the patterns know and can trust that like, oh, and this is added. Or we could even say, you know, if someone's creating a super complex pattern, um, here's some best practices to follow. I'm curious for, for a complex pattern. Like, have you, ex- have you explored or is there explorations on like, um, a, a quote unquote, like wizard paradigm where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, this block is complex, but it's focused on solving particular things. So you're going to answer these questions. And then based on these questions, the block will do its initial population. It's less, well, based on these questions, I don't know if you've, have you played, have either of you played around with mm-hmm. the query block at all? No, probably not. Okay. I, I've been following, but no, I'm, I'm super, I'm super interested in that. Query block. And then the navigation block are both what I would call like more complex patterns yep. that, that require, and that do have a setup flow um, and query block in particular. And one of the things that's really neat is like the latest versions of Gutenberg have actually released um, integrated patterns into the query block and more uh, are coming. Okay. So if you add the query block, what happens is the first thing you do is you actually have this kind of um, carousel of like switching through like patterns and you'll see placeholder content and you'll see something you're like, oh, that's cool. And like, you'll kind of flip through and then you can select one. And then from there you can populate it. And then afterwards there's actually settings in the sidebar, um, which gets, gets into a whole other, uh, these edge cases or the edges that I feel of, of full sighting is like where settings live. But then there are settings in the sidebar where you can say like, okay, cool. I added the query block. I want it to show posts from my portfolio category. I'm going to add this and then I can see what it looks like. And if I don't like, you know, that specific pattern, um, there's a way to go back and like switch and try other patterns. Yeah. And that's, you know, there, okay. in the future though, I think there will need to be, especially for more complex blocks. Um, that's where integrated patterns are incredibly powerful. Um, yeah. So you're able to kind of switch through and have a, a bit of a like kind of wizard, I think is the word you use, like setup experience. Yep. Um, but at the same time, it's almost like uh, you don't want to go too deep into it where it becomes so many steps, you know? Yeah. I, I'm going to play with the query block. I think that's part of the, Do it. that's, that is where both is the opportunity as well. And this is a lot of the opportunity for, I think, extenders for extenders yes. to innovate and experiment and try things. Cause ultimately it's like, you want to get the end user to success as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's always that, that tension there because some SaaS products will take the approach of just like remove as many options as possible and have the simplest path. Yes. Right. 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 And, it, it's a little bit short-sighted, I feel, mm-hmm. because the, these tools are powerful. Yeah, you don't want to overwhelm someone with like too many options, like me loading up InDesign. Like, what? <laughs> You're like, what is going on? What is yeah. going on? Like, this is clearly not the right tool for me. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because that's actually one of the things that very literally yesterday I was catching up. I was out of work yesterday and I came came back to catching the back scroll in the 5.8 release leads channel. And one of the things that got up, brought up from Matthias is actually making the query block view only. 
So after you add it, you're not going through and being able to change things like the post title or the post content or adding a bunch of new blocks. Like it'll be a very simplified experience that then in the future can be opened up. But for now, it's just very clear. Like this is an extremely powerful block. This is very new for WordPress to have that kind of power. And so for now, let's have it be view only. So I imagine for 5.8, if you interact and also even the name might change because query is a bit of a strange name. It, it, if you're not used to it. Yeah. Yes. If you're not a developer, if you don't have a background, it's like, what is query? What is loop? What is this? Like, yep. um, and so there's some stabilization that's going to happen. I think both around like the nomenclature and around making it view only. And I think the last thing was um, providing more information when someone's setting it up. So it's a bit more intuitive. There's so much potential because like, I remember my early days as a developer, like once I understood WP query, the the possibilities yeah. like oh like because a lot of what I've done in WordPress over the years is like building these custom applications like like creating a thing that now exists on the web mm-hmm. and it's like wait so I can get data in I can build interfaces for that and then I can get data out and present it in a lot of different ways and that's that's what I see with the, the work happening in query blocks where it's like hey yeah. you can have data in and you can and you without writing code can display it in interesting ways so. It's, 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 I see the challenge in getting it right. And I see so much opportunity because if you can empower that, like people will create things that you don't expect and be used (laughs) in ways that like, that's not how it's supposed to be used, but that's, you know. Oh yeah. I mean, we've seen that already with things like reusable blocks. I think I, I was Ah. looking at GitHub issue recently. It was like, I have 4,000 reusable blocks and it's breaking on that. And I was like, what you 4,000 reusable blocks? Like what is going on? Like, that's such an interest. I was like, I wanted to know. I had like a thousand questions immediately in return. Um, Cause it was like, this is so interesting. Like what use case do you have where you have 4,000 of these? So this is also where going back to like the earlier point of this is a high impact Mm -hmm. time to get involved in giving feedback. Um, and I'll, I'll shamelessly do a plug for the full setting outreach program. Please. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. So as a, at a high level, it's basically just a program that's trying to improve the different full setting features through feedback, but also a really neat thing has happened in the last year is, um, that has come up is basically there's like an educational component. So because we can't meet up in person, there's no, you know, you can't just like run into someone in the hallway. We've been doing what I'm calling like hallway hangouts. And so people are streaming, they're twitching, they're showing different things where it's like, and we're just jumping on zoom calls and talking about full sighting. Um, And I often, you know, I love participating in that and seeing what people are up to and people trying to build block themes and giving feedback. So there's like a combination of regular calls for testing and regular recaps of those calls for testing to give feedback to the product folks. While at the same time, there's just a group of us who are all trying to make full sighting great and trying to understand it and building awareness and, and helping prepare, whether it's like you're preparing clients or, you know, you work for a university or what, what have you, or, or you're helping build these features. It's like a great place to hang out and see what's happening. Um, and there's a current call for testing right now, actually, for like building a portfolio page using the query block. And it's very open-ended. The last, the previous call for testing was more structured and actually guided you through a very like specific experience of creation. This one is way more open-ended on purpose so that we can kind of catch those edge cases of someone <laughs> doing something weird <laughs> and like that they really want to do. <laughs> awesome. So last question for me, mm-hmm. uh, when you think about the, like, if you think about folks building for WooCommerce, the extenders within the WooCommerce ecosystem, any based on the conversations that you've been having and what you're learning from folks, what guidance do you have to offer for folks who are like, maybe, maybe they played a little bit, maybe they don't know much about it, but they're building stuff for WooCommerce. Like what guidance, what, what would you say to to the, those extenders? Thinking about specifically for developers, like one of the big things that comes to mind is um, I would say focusing on how you can extend core blocks and just thinking about it through the lens of like, if I can develop for one system. So if I create a block that 
I don't know, has like a really cool pricing table um, that could be used in the widget area. That could be used in the footer. That could be used in the header. That could be used mm-hmm. in the cover block, like thinking about all the different options. Um, and it could also be integrated into a custom pattern. So I think there's a, a level of um, just preparing for the future and realizing that if you commit to the block framework, um, you're not just building that one block. You're building um, everything that that block can be integrated into. Um, so I think that that's a, that's an important mental shift to get into. Cause I think for a lot of people are like, yeah, I'll deal with that later. And like, maybe I'll figure it out. It's like, no, man, if you build this one thing, this could, this could go in so many different interfaces, like the possibilities are endless. Um, and I think that that's a really cool realization. Um, and also, as I've said earlier, like give feedback, like if you can start engaging now, if you have the bandwidth, if you have the capacity to prepare for the future, um, you can actually shape what the future looks like. And I think that that's a really, um, unique proposition right now. So like if you want to get in there and get your opinions heard and, and kind of get your use cases covered, you could actually, I always think about this. <laughs> I'm like, how can I help future Anne? <laughs> so I'm like, oh, like I, when I travel, I hate dealing with transportation. So I'm like, okay, future Anne's going to schedule a lift, you know, like things like that, where it just makes it easier in the morning. Well, um, or like when I return from traveling, I, I was saying earlier, like I like to have food. So whenever I come back, there's like food, frozen food ready, like that kind of dynamic, do that for yourself. (laughs) Um, Like this is one of those things where you can bet on this and there are, you know, we're living in very uncertain times. And I think it's delightful that there's certainty (laughs) um, of what you can bet on. And this is kind of one of those things that you, Matt has said, this is, you know, he's thinking about this for the next decade of WordPress. Yep. Um, And I really respect his ability to think that far out. Um, and so I think it's a really compelling thing to get behind. That's my, that's my spiel. And that's how also I'm, I'm approaching it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think someone said, it, I can't remember if it was Matthias or who said it, but something about like full sighting will make sense to different people at different points in time. Yep. And so I'm really excited for when it starts clicking for more and more people and what creativity comes from that and what opportunities come from that. Cause I think it's going to be, it's going to be huge. Yeah. With that all said, in a sense, what you've just said in the uh, talking about WooCommerce is really, I think the importance, because somebody might be coming in saying, hey, you know, I need to know how this affects WooCommerce. Well, it's not, you know, potentially that initial, a lot of effect, but the last year with the fire hose and stuff that is coming out of WordPress, I think these kind of things that mm-hmm. anybody, whether they're in developing for WooCommerce or whatever, because I mean, Let's face it, WooCommerce sits on top of WordPress. There's going to be something going on there that they need to stay on top of this. They need to not just say, what is this going to do for me now? Like you said, it's, you know, what does this mean? And it's going to affect everybody at different intervals. But um, I think this has been really good because I honestly feel sometimes just talking to some of the People in WooCommerce that they're, oh, yeah, talking about the full site editor, but do do they really know the impact of it and how they're probably going to be able to take advantage of it, whether it's, you know, sooner down the road, whatever. So um, I, I guess you kind of your final thoughts is just anything on that as far as, yeah, you know, take advantage of this, stay on top of it. Uh, uh, don't be left behind because I think that can be the thing is, you know, can kind of get left behind with all this fast pace that we're moving at. Yeah. And I, I think part of it too, is it's also like you, in order to take advantage of it in the future, like you can make that easier for yourself by being involved with it now. And I think that yeah. that's like the cool part is like, um, I think if you're, if you're in that headspace of like, Oh yeah, I'll take advantage of it later. 
um, you could make it even easier <laughs> if you get involved now by shaping what happens. Um, and I, I do very much think it would be amazing to hear from more more use cases. Like, for example, I've been reaching out to the WP campus community. Um, I used to work in higher ed. I know what it's like with those. You have like three different development, in, you know, like you have a whole, it's a whole different ball game working in that world. Um, and you're typically like low resource and all that sort of stuff. So like, it's very interesting to hear um, from them and to hear like what they're most concerned about and also like what, what we can put them at ease about and also what we can say, hey, pay attention to this. This is coming. This is important. You need to give feedback on this if, if you're really worried about this, if this might disrupt your workflows. Um, and I'd love to have folks from the e-commerce space, especially, I mean, as you know, like you said, like as we've seen in the last year, like e-commerce has exploded. Um, and it's, it's, I've, I've had more people in my life reach out about creating um, a shop online than ever before any other year. Um, and especially, and I'm, this might get philosophical, but especially when you like think about integrations with um, things like Instagram and Facebook and all, like you don't have control over that. And I've, I've had friends who were creators on those platforms get shut down and completely lose, lose revenue stream Yeah, and um, horrifying. You don't own it. Yeah. So it's like, let's help each other own this and let's make it easier than ever. Um, and especially I will, I will say my final plug would be with the pattern directory. I think it'd be really neat to, to get some sort of um, pricing table is the thing that's coming to mind. Cause I think Tadlock did, uh, Justin Tadlock did a cool like pricing table um, show of like that with patterns recently. But like, let's see some of those on there. Like, let's let's yeah. kind of integrate those experiences. Product patterns, actually. There's just a ton of opportunity to display yes. like digital product, physical product. Like, there's so many mm-hmm. things where you can do it with Woo, without Woo. Like, there's there's so much opportunity just in just in you know, that, yeah. Different types of products, yeah, yeah. And what that looks like. And because at the end of the day, like, we are in a fight for like what's the easiest solution. Yep. And is it scrolling through Instagram and shopping on there, right? Like, how do we create the compelling experiences, and how can we reuse the block framework to do that? so that the open web wins, right? Yes. <laughs> On that, and it's been fantastic. For folks yeah. who are interested in learning more, what resources, what would you point them to? Where can they follow and what you've been working on? Great question. Um, you can contact me on WordPress.org Slack at Anzazu. I welcome pings. I am also nomad.blog is my personal website. I have a contact form on there. As long as you're patient, because I don't believe in this hyper always on culture, um, I will always reply to you and I'll give a quality reply. So you can ask me whatever and I'll send things your way. There's also make.wordpress.org uh, backslash test is where the full sighting program is run. Most of the, I think the last like 20 posts are all from me. So it'll be very easy to find me <laughs> um, and find the, the posts happening there. They're also tagged in a nice way. And there's a, a, a page in the handbook that's all about the program. Um, and you can find information on that. So hopefully that helps direct direct folks to the goodness that's happening. And I really hope to see people getting involved. So don't be shy in pinging or saying hi in the FSC Outreach Experiment channel and WordPress.org Slack. Awesome. Well, Anne, thank you so much for all that you're doing. And a special thanks to our pod friends, MindSize over at MindSize.com and FooSales at FooSales.com for their support of Do The Woo and all the cool things that are happening here. And that, that is a wrap on episode 128. Thank you, Anne. Thank you. 